HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today, I know every single one of them is tuning into Tech Bites, the weekly show where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today, that intersection is an app and a website and a guidebook called Spicy Green Book. And if you have been a devoted follower to Tech Bites, this story may may be a little bit familiar to you. We first met Danilo Batson, the founder of Spicy Green Book, back in November of 2020, episode 220. And so a few years later, he's come back to let us know what is happening. He's still around, which is amazing. Oftentimes on this show, we talk with founders of startups and not all of them make it past the one-year mark, the two-year mark, the three-year mark. So it's always exciting to hear from a founder about the growth and progress of what they've been doing. Um, So to catch everybody up, Spicy Green Book. Spicy Green Book is an app and a website and a guidebook to find Black-owned businesses, primarily restaurants. They currently cover almost 400 Black-owned businesses across 35 states. There's an app for Apple and Google and Android. And they now have events. The interesting thing about it, we've covered off on a lot of apps and websites and things that help people find delicious food in real life. This one is very unusual, um, not just in that it has a specific focus to Black-owned businesses, but also because it's actually a not nonprofit and has a very interesting volunteer component on the content creation. So in order, to, I, I will let um, Danilo jump in and start to just talk about the initial idea that he had way back when, because um, it's a very interesting and a little bit of a different paradigm from the usual restaurant app. So Danilo, thank you for joining us today, again, coming back to our virtual <laughs> studio. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for having me. So when we first spoke back in 2020, you were really just getting 
Spicy Green Book started. And so tell us what was happening back in 2020 and what the first iteration of Spicy Green Book was. And also, there may be people listening who don't know what the Green Book is. So maybe you can roll out the whole the whole idea. Yeah, so in 2020, um, Spicy Green Book was created. Uh, it is a nationwide directory for you to find Black-owned businesses in the food and beverage industry. The original vision to um, for this directory was in seeing the, after the George Floyd murder, seeing everyone post on, you know, their social media handles, different Black-owned businesses nearby. And my thought was, how do I make that sustainable of, like, the articles that are coming out and things like that, um, that I didn't think people were going to, you know, be able to save months down the road and be still be able to visit. So we wanted to create a directory for them to easily find these businesses, as many as we could nationwide, and also upscale the their listing um, of the content that was actually being produced for these businesses. So how did you do that? I mean, to a certain extent, things like Yelp and online, they are composites of information oftentimes that just a search engine finds or that regular customers or people upload a photo of a dish. Um, there's no consistency. It maybe does or doesn't look good. Sometimes there are menus that are posted up on other sites. They may or may not be current or accurate. So there's, an, and then, you know, actually creating a website or a brand, you know, those things take time, um, oftentimes money. And certainly in 2020, the restaurant industry, you know, we were really at the, you know, shelter in place and the full stop of the economy and going out and, and things like that. So there was also with, you know, George Floyd and those murders and all of the protesting and, you know, things that came from that, there's a lot going on and people, restaurants struggling to survive, maybe not thinking so much about what their Instagram looks like. So how did you solve that problem? Um, really, as I started to um, build this thing together um, with the, the group of volunteers, more and more people were asking, you know, to participate and how they could help. The focus for me became in, you know, as someone who is a consumer of social media is how do I make this content better? You know, often you go on a lot of pages and or websites and the photos don't look great. And so, you know, for me as a consumer, if the photos look good, I'm probably not going to eat there. So, um, but I can see how that can be a either educational or financial challenge for certain businesses um, or maybe just time. Um, so luckily there were photographers who are professional photographers who wanted to volunteer and actually help expand Spice at Green Book. And so we were able to send out professional photographers, uh, to, you know, the restaurant or the pop-up or whatever it may be to actually capture content, um, of their food or, or beverages. We would take that content and, and create a listing for them on our website, but also, that content was available for the business owner and we, you know, gave them all the content so they could, you know, hopefully spread that out and post on their own social media channels. It's unusual to have the content for a, a directory listing or any app created by volunteers. 
So one of the interesting things about the Spicy Green Book website is you can go and, you know, look at restaurant listings and put in a location and find something that's close to you. And we expect that. Um, but there's also a page to volunteer and current volunteer positions that are available are just sort of like being at a creative agency or an ad agency, project manager, photographer, digital effects artist, videographer, fundraising strategist, social media strategy, web development, storyboard artist, all those types of things. It's kind of amazing. I, I don't know of another uh, app like this that is using a resource of a volunteer creative content maker. So how did it evolve from a photographer to what looks like a complete like creative agency? Uh, well, really, it's just like, you know, the whole saying content is king. And I mean, that's all I know. Uh, not that I am the creator of this content. Uh, you know, we have talented people who are able to participate, but I'm definitely a consumer of the content. And so I was trying to think about, you know, on the user end, what would I, you know, what would I pay attention to and what would I look at? Um, and so I wanted to try to help these businesses actually produce more content and help with their like the top things they always say is like, oh, I need help with my marketing, branding and exposure. And um, if we had people that were, you know, talented people who wanted to actually contribute to that and actually volunteer that, you know, kept coming out and kept signing up on the website, then, yeah, like, let's let's continue to try to make those things happen. Amazing. So about how many volunteers are you working with at any given time? Well, that fluctuates based off, you know, what project is happening. Um, so in the beginning, it's like, you know, we were just trying to get as many listings on as possible. So, you know, we had, you know, thousands of volunteers uh, apply from all around the world. Um, today, um, it's not only about, you know, getting listings on the website, but also trying to venture off into more uh, in-person events uh, to actually help the business owners, you know, produce, um, produce commerce. So take us back to November, 2020, you got spicy green book up and running. It was firstly a website. Yeah. And what are the, what are sort of the walk us through the milestones that you remember or that are significant to you in the growth of spicy green book? Um, so yeah, Spice Cream Book website and an app, um, Google Play and Apple Store or um, Apple Play Store or Apple Store. Um, the milestones that I remember were, first of all, was like you know when we get when we got the website up because you get the design and you know that process takes you know it's all time. And before we had the website up and you know these businesses up. I was actually, you know, going to events um, and restaurants just, you know, on the pavement with a piece of paper in hand and say, hey, will you sign up for Spice Cream Book? Um, there's this thing that I'm thinking about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no uh, there's no proof to show the business owner of why I should, why they should let me in the restaurant and, and take photographs for them. Um, and so once we got the website up, that was a big thing for me. Um, I remember certain businesses that were, you know, a little bigger in name who didn't want to participate with us in the beginning, who eventually signed on. That was good for me. Um, the word of mouth as that became, you know, super gold and valid and words started spreading around and businesses started contacting us of like, oh, yeah, my friend owns this business or 
you know, however I may have heard it. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to create my listing. And then finally was when the press started coming around and, you know, we got on some, you know, major networks and ABC and things like that. And, you know, the flood of people who were always just coming in with good energy, whether they wanted to donate or volunteer or just, you know, follow us on Instagram, whatever it may be. Um, we just always receive good energy uh, back from them. It's like, oh, wow, what a cool idea. So it was able to allow us to uh, continue doing what we're doing. At what point did you officially become a 501c3 nonprofit? Uh, let's see. We started in June 2020, and I think it took about five months to uh, actually get it. So, yeah, towards the end of that year. And what was important to you about having that distinction, being a 501c3 nonprofit versus being like a certified B Corp, which is a for-profit business with uh, uh, requirements of positive action and positive impact around you? I mean, well, one thing we were, you know, not charging the business owner. So it's like there's no reason to create an LLC or anything that um, – we're not bringing in a profit uh but then more so was the reason you know as someone who's not bringing in revenue and trying to make all these things happen uh there needs to be certain you know assistances as far as that so 501c3 allowed us to partner with more companies who were able to help us in having you know sponsors come on like um and then you know there's things like the google ad grants and things like that so we kept applying for grants and resources and you know a lot of doors opened up when we became a 501c3 that we were able to pass on to actually directly help our consumer base and you know like i said the sponsors we were able to come on of uh connect to federal credit union has been a big sponsor for us as we've been hosting these uh live outdoor markets um and then, you know, who knows if they would have come on board if we weren't a 501c3 or uh, any of our other partners. Heritage Radio Network is also a 501c3 nonprofit. And um, all of those things that you've said, yeah, it's it's really important to have the community and people support you to keep things going and keep the lights on. That's a lot of planning and consideration, though, for someone who is not coming out of the nonprofit business or coming out of, um, you know, social and community development and, you know, management and motivation or someone who's not coming out of the creative services, content creation, advertising, marketing industry. How did you put all this together? Or is it you're just very passionate and focused and just did a lot of homework and figured it all out. It seems like it's a, a lot of moving parts at a very um, at a very busy and stressful time of life to be getting an idea and having it just like up and running and running and running it while it's running. <laughs> yeah, there's a saying: uh, you're you know going, you're flying with duct tape and bubble gum. Um, and really, you're trying to prioritize what are the what are the biggest needs of like you know trying to just patch this hole and patch this hole and hopefully you can keep going. Uh, yeah, so I didn't have any business acumen going in. Certainly not in the nonprofit world. Um, I had a few relationships that I was able to tap into to help me actually fill out the application and and get those things going and you know creating a business plan and stuff like that. So that part 
you know, I was extremely blessed and privileged by having, you know, knowledgeable resources. But the other part is that, you know, you're just trying to make it happen and, and you're willing to make mistakes as you try to pursue this. Um, you know, there's nothing to it but to actually, you know, actually get in the ring and, you know, do the work. So I really don't have an answer to that of, you know, what my plan was. Like, I know what the ultimate goal with the vision is, but, you know, you, how do you actually make that happen? And doors kept opening up as I, you know, kept trying to do things. And that was really the drive. And I was like, as long as these opportunities keep being put in front of me, I'm just going to keep going. And now you have some staff and colleagues that have come on board to help you manage and run the business. When did you bring all those people on? Which is great because now you're a group of people working together. Uh, yeah, that came in. That, that was also a trickle down effect. You know, um, they heard a spice cream book. Um, you know, people on my board of uh, the Kim Jacksons and the Ann Craig's, you know, heard us by Screenbook and we're like, you know, we have these skill sets and can help you with the certain le level of expertise that you don't have to continue Spice Screenbook's vision. And so we've all been unified and trying to see like this vision come to life of having this directory one day uh, that is, you know, has all the black owned businesses on there that you can use as this resource. Um, and, you know, kind of dream of that day. And then we can bring other opportunities of what Spice Screenbook can do for these black businesses. Do you feel like that day is here? Um, not quite, you know, um, uh, in a regional level, like, you know, there's a lot of businesses in Los Angeles that are on here and, you know, Oregon and things like that. Um, but you know, there are places that we haven't been able to tap into quite yet, you know, uh, they certain like you know we are I think about thirty six states or something like that, so you know obviously a little less than fifty that we want to actually get access to and you know put all the business on the directory, and um, also the word of mouth uh, that you know the brand of Spicy Green Book or the name of Spicy Green Book uh, to become you know more self aware or more aware uh, that you know when you are looking for. Black owned specifically, that everyone has the app or have access to the website to actually go ahead and use the directory. Tell us about the brand name and the book for people who don't know where Spicy Green Book yeah. came from as a name. Yeah, so uh, there's the Negro Motors Travel Guide Green Book by Victor Green that was written in the Jim Crow era. That was an, a physical book that um, black travelers would use um, during the Jim Crow areas and around sundown towns to find hotels and gas stations and, you know, any other place of commerce that would actually allow black people to uh, patron. Um, so as we were coming up with this website, we wanted to give an ode uh, to, to that original book. The only reason the word spicy is on it is asking my family of a name for this title uh, of the website and uh, we thought spicy because you know it has a we're, we're doing a strictly food component to the screen book or digital green book so spicy green book is what we came up with i like it the and the logo itself is is kind of interesting also because it's the three capital letters together and um looks almost like something you would stencil on something mm -hmm. How many people connect to the history of the Green Book when they hear Spicy Green Book? Do you have a sense of that? 
Yeah, in the beginning, I mean, you know, when you first hear Spice Screen Book, that connection is not widely apparent for those who don't know about the original Green Book, right? Um, a lot of uh, older folks who come, especially, like I said, we're doing the in-person outdoor market events that I'll you know, speak about a little bit later that um, when they see Spicy Green Book, the first thing they say is like, oh, like the like the Green Book. Or they'll ask me, have you heard of the original Green Book? Um, but yeah, those who, who don't know don't uh, usually make that connection. There was also a movie called Green Book, which was related to the idea of the Green Book which came out in 2018, which is Viggo Mortensen and Marsala Ali, which is a, a white man driving a black pianist around to performance events. Did, pe- did people think ever or connect to the movie and think it was related to the movie or no? Um, some, I haven't heard that in a while. I mean, in the beginning, yeah, sometimes people did. Um, and yeah, we, we, even on our website, we just try to redirect them to, you know, it's based off the original, you know, the history of the green book. Versus the movie. Although they were just two years apart. So maybe it was, was closer and now it's much further away. I certainly haven't heard about the movie in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to take a quick break as we know. Heritage Radio Network is also a 501c3 nonprofit, and we keep the lights on and the mics hot out of the generosity of our members, many of whom are listeners like you, grants, and underwriters like this one. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. You are listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is an app and a website and a guide called Spicy Green Book. It is your guide to find Black-owned businesses in the food and drink and hospitality category. Right now they're covering about 36 states with almost 400 Black-owned businesses. Um, If you want to take a look at them online, it's spicygreenbook.com, social media at Spicy Green Book. You can go to the app stores for Apple, Google, and Android and download the app. Not only can you find restaurants in your neighborhood by putting in or in a neighborhood you may be visiting by putting in addresses and zip codes, but since the Spicy Green Book started in 2020, 
they've also added live and in-person events. And actually, Danilo, you just had an in-person event um, this past weekend. How did that go? Tell us about when you added real-life events to the offerings. Yeah. Um, so that was in our partnership with Connected Federal Credit Union. Of you know, So they had seen us on ABC and um, the DEI committee approached uh, approached me, and we were trying to figure out what our relationship was going to look like. And you know, they wanted to be uh, a participant in bringing this vision, uh, you know, more to life. So uh, the in person outdoor events was the idea that we came up with of helping those who didn't understand necessarily the benefit of building that digital presence of kind of like. Uh, you know, bringing what was on the internet and bringing it into life and actually having a chance for people to see it, you know, in person. Um, and even on the consumer side, you know, not a lot of people are, are thinking about what's the importance of supporting black owned businesses. So um, at the in at the in person events, which is just like your typical fair outdoor market, um, farmers market. Um, we have, you know, anywhere from, I think our first one, we had about 32, something like that. Um, 32 to the max, I think we've had is 54 uh, Black-owned um, food and beverage businesses of, of food trucks and pop-ups, uh, lemonade stands, but also we have people selling merchandise, of selling clothes and, and trinkets, um, art, uh, we've had some educational sources of people, um, uh, con business tax consultants. Uh, we plan to add even more to that with the financial literacy and, you know, educating uh, businesses on how to properly fill out the, the health permits and doing things with the county, um, business loans, um, you know, all that to make their business successful. So that's. That's an amazing lineup that really expands beyond the classic offerings of like food street fair or, you know, farmer's market or outdoor market. The, yeah. the like the tax and the community planning and, and life planning things. It's almost like you're having a entire like main street community pop up with like all the businesses that you would have in a community that people need to access for life as just like a pop-up event. Yeah, it's, it's really just about bringing resources to your front door, you know? Um, so when I was in nursing school or wanted to be a nurse, um, that was the thing that interested me more is that of like, how do you bring healthcare to the patient instead of asking the patient to go to the hospital uh, when they need to find a doctor? And you, I used to see these like trucks that used to be by this apartment that I lived. And they do these free health screenings, um, right? So in this big, you know, this big truck that they parked in front of a park that was in front of a, you know, a largely homeless population. And I thought that was so cool. So um, at the events, I wanted to add that extra layer of like, we're trying to remove um, as many barriers as possible for you to get these resources. And then sometimes you just didn't know it was even available to you. And then you come to this event and someone makes you, makes you aware of it. Um, but also outside of that, you know, as far as the, the patron side, the user, you know, they get to, you know, find new businesses that they didn't know about, but there's also entertainment of like doing raffles and giveaways, um, kids entertainment, like board games and inflatable slides, uh, you know, anything we get face painting a DJ, 
so we're really trying to make this, you know, a family fun event and then also cover equal representation in that and hoping that the kids will come and see it. It's like, oh, I can also do all these things because there's someone who looks like me that is, you know, owning this food truck or making this cotton candy or just is even on this board game that I'm playing or this book that I'm reading. So they've been, the events have been great and has allowed us a chance to actually get into the community and, and speak to one, the business owners and two, you know, the patrons coming by of what they're looking for and what's, what's the need. So are the in-person events, is it sort of a roughly a template of a type of event that you like to run with the different types of um, businesses and offerings? And then are you replicating it in different communities on different days? Yeah. So we had another one. And so this one has been covered in Manhattan Beach. There was another one in the Orange County, another area of California, Southern California. Uh, we had one in Philadelphia, but the plan is to definitely reproduce it in other markets that, you know, we have a lot of black owned businesses on, um, you know, on our directory. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully as this one in Southern California grows large enough and, you know, our following grows large enough that we can just say, okay, you know, we've, we've gotten all the businesses in this area onto the website and we got these events going on a regular basis. Let's try to reproduce it in our next, uh, biggest regional market. So you're planning some events for the summer? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we're planning a back to school drive in August, um, you know, give away backpacks and, you know, any other office supplies for the, for the kids that come out. But yeah, this summer we're planning to have another one. Okay. Where is that going to be? California somewhere? Yeah. That one's also in Southern California. Okay. So people will have to go to the website or go to Instagram to stay in touch and get the details on that when that comes out. Yeah, our Instagram, um, it'll happen, like I said, it'll happen at the Manhattan Beach location, again, on Connecta, Federal Credit Union's parking lot, which has also been the biggest part is like, you know, having a, a sponsor with their own private property has allowed us to open that door of doing the in-person events. Um, you know, first is when we first started in, in, like I said, in COVID, we tried to make an event happen, you know, all the cities wanted to wait and say like, oh, like, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, even though things are clearing up, you know. We're still, you know, concerned about insurance and permitting and stuff. And so our first event, we were able to do and keep the numbers low and keep spacing out and keep everything clean and provide, you know, all ample amounts of free PPE equipment for, um, you know, vendors to use and take. Um, and, you know, to now that we have this space to actually do these events and hopefully we can find another partner um, in another market that you know, hopefully has some space or has some ideas of some space that we could use to host another event. That's amazing. It sounds like the event's probably more work than the app. <laughs> At this point, definitely so. Um, you know, we're getting it down to a rhythm that each one gets a little easier. Um, and it's it's also like an easy way for us to involve in the community with like we we work with, you know, a couple colleges like Cal State Fullerton and UCLA, uh, work with a high school out here. Um, and they want to be involved, uh, like volunteering and actually showing up to event and, 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 you know, volunteering any way that they know how. Um, so community involvement is pretty big and um, involvement with the city and, you know, all the municipalities of that. Um, I was going to say uh, on our Instagram is at Spice Green Book is when we're going to announce the actual 
uh, date and location of the event. So we haven't quite opened it up yet. Uh, we're still trying to get all the planning done, but certainly it will be this August. Okay, that's exciting. So from the fall of 2020 until the spring of 2023, you're coming into the third year of Spicy Green Book. What, what's been the biggest surprise to you? Something you thought was going to happen but didn't, maybe something completely unexpected. The fact that you're still here and it's going and you're not in nursing school. What's what's the biggest, biggest surprise you've had? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, when I started, I didn't think it was going to, Spice Green Book, even to this point, even though we're not, you know, 100% coverage nationwide, it still surpassed everything I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was just going to be, you know, the, the few businesses in my area really, because, um, you know, I didn't have any computer skills or business skills to actually make this thing into a, a full-fledged on business. So um, the fact that we have an app, the fact that, you know, there were people reaching out from across the world that I had no idea that they heard of us, uh, the businesses that reached out to us to wanted to partner and sponsor, the press that has reached out to want to actually showcase our story. Um, all those things, all those little things were, you know, I had no idea that's what I was getting into. So I'm proud of the fact that, you know, creating Spicy Green Book literally out of thin air to uh, a brand that people want to associate with and, you know, support is, is amazing. Is the impact that Spicy Green Book is having, is it what you anticipated and were hoping for? Has it evolved and expanded into other things as well that you didn't anticipate? Yeah, what I didn't anticipate is uh, so the, the trust that comes along with uh, us being a, you know, a nonprofit and people being able to basically reach out and touch us, would touch us is that vendors who are in need of help or resources, we're someone that they ask of and if, if it's just not in our realm, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you have a network of people, you know, do you know anyone who does X, Y, and Z? And so I think that Spice Green Book is going to keep, the directory is one thing, like obviously that will always be there, but um, it's going to reshape itself into whatever is of the greatest need at the moment. Like if I can find, you know, whatever the business owners need, whatever the community needs to, you know, better themselves and I know how to make it happen or I know someone who knows someone who can make it happen, I'm going to continue to try to do that. That's a lot. It seems like it's yeah. a lot. Does it feel like a lot? <laughs> uh, quite often. Community, you know. community, businesses, helping people, inspiring young people and children by showing them what's possible. I mean, it, it sounds like a lot. It is. Is it, is, um, it, is it challenging? Is it, are there times when it's, it's hard to keep going? It, you, are you always motivated? Is it, do you wish you never did it some days? Are you glad that you did anyway? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm always, I'm super proud of it. Um, so I'm always glad that I did it. Um, and it, it can be a lot of work, can be stressful. Um, like, but my full-time job is a software, is a software engineer. And so Spice Cream Book um, is definitely my passion project and trying to balance, you know, real life and trying to basically have two full-time jobs uh, can be draining at times, but also so rewarding at the same time. So the only like 
I've, I've, I think I'm very aware of limitations as a human being of like burnout rate. And so that's why I try to bring people along to who are also inspired by the vision of like, if Spicy Green Book can only go as far as I take it, it's not going to take it that far. It's not going to go that far. But if I can get community and people who want to believe in the brand and also involved in it, which we have done to this point, um, everyone, you know, picks up their little piece of it and able to lift it up to whatever heights it needs to go. So definitely um, high tide raises all ships. That's what exactly. it sounds like. <laughs> so you've been around for three years now. Mm-hmm. What is on your roadmap for the next three? What do you envision? You have these events that you've brought online. Yeah. What is your, what, what's, what's your goal? What are your goal posts for the next three years? Um, definitely more Hopefully you'll be back on the show before th- before three years we'll have to keep better better tabs on that have you come back maybe every other year once yeah. a year mm-hmm. um definitely more events um or I, don't know, I should say just continuing the events going um i said reproducing it in another market is, is on my it's on the forefront of my mind um increasing the following and the awareness um a spice cream book um and I've had like this retirement idea of like how I'm going to turn Spice Cream Book into its own restaurant, but you know who knows when <laughs> when that'll happen. That'll be probably like a second career. Uh, but just right now, we're just focused on on the name. That the name itself should be. We should bring more awareness to it. Um, and however that may come, you know, we did we're doing the merchandise thing as well. Like you can get a Spice Cream Book shirts and hoodies and coffee mugs as well. Um, and then the, I, I guess probably the biggest thing is just finding other partners. Um, we're always looking for partnerships who can help um, both amplify the vision and while we're going in the same direction. So opportunities to see those things actually come through. And then, you know, like you mentioned before, uh, us being a nonprofit kind of aids in that conversation. Are there specific types of partnerships you're looking for on the volunteer side on the website, spicygreenbook.com. Um, there are very specific listings. It's almost like the careers page of a for-profit business of what you're looking for in terms of volunteers to help produce the content and build the content of Spicy Green Book. But what types of, you know, a lot of people listen to this program and from 165 countries around the world. So what types of things are you specifically looking for? What types of partnerships or resources would be the most impactful for you right now? If I could just draw it up uh, out of your nowhere. wish list, yeah, you yeah. know, where like, oh, somebody walks in the door and voila, it's exactly the thing you need, which is. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, content is a big thing for us. So, you know, if we had an ad agency that was able to come in and say, hey, I have all these photographers for you to use or I have all these videographers to use, um, just point us in the right direction of where businesses we can go and shoot at. That would solve a lot of things. Like um, from in the beginning, right, there was, you know, we had COVID and a lot, Hollywood was shut down and photographers and videographers just looking for things to do so and places to volunteer so we had the influx of being able to send all these these businesses or all these photographers these businesses 
now that people are up and working so much, the volunteership rate um, in the creative space has taken a dip. So like there are states that I mentioned that or listings that apply to be on our directory, but we can't quite get a photographer out to them quite yet. So the next thing that we're planning on doing is what I'm kind of calling a, a content drive is um, like, you know, they do drives of like, let's just keep using COVID uh, of like, come get a free, you know, test or vaccination at from these hours at this parking lot. Um, so I'm like, okay, if we can bring on five or six photographers to come on one day and have all like 20 to 30 businesses come to our content drive and them to pop up and make their product then we can get the shots done and you know kind of just drive through our way through it uh that'll help us you know get all these people content but um yeah getting the content created for these businesses as this not been as simple in the beginning as it is today so if we had a partner that was able to make that connection and make that happen uh that would help Okay. So even, you know, advertising or even a production company or any kind of mm -hmm. branding company or, exactly. you know, anything like that, um, yeah. even a company like Apple would be able to help because they are a content, a content creation machine. Exactly. Um, and they make machines for content <laughs> creation that yeah. many of us have right now in our hands. Our first partner, um, that was actually what ended up happening, um, but that was more in LA based. Uh, they were able to pair us with a bunch of, of videographers and we were able to do a bunch of shoots that we did for these uh, for these businesses. So, you know, if we could reproduce that, even in, you know, it doesn't have to be in Southern California, but um, yeah, partnering with someone like that who can help aid in the content creation space is what is uh, high on the wish list. Okay. Well, Content for content. Uh, if people have resources or want to volunteer, spicygreenbook.com, there's a volunteer page if you're an individual person and you want to do that. If someone is a company or representing a company, what's the best way for them to get in touch with Spicy Green Book? Yeah, um, Instagram, also good. Like I said, at Spicy Green Book. But if you actually go to our website, spicygreenbook.org, there is a contact page where you, know, you can send us an email and, and reach out. Either or, I think we're we're pretty responsive and try to be accessible to you know people who want to support. Okay, so it's all there. It's all there in the on the internet and on your phone in your apps. Well, I'm so happy to have you back. To have you still be around and growing and flourishing. So many times we have founders on this show since we've been on the air. From January of 2015 is when Tech Bytes went on the air. There are a lot of companies and businesses and hospitality businesses and tech companies that don't make it past the first year or the second year. So it really is um, a great effort and a success to do that and then to also be evolving and creating uh, more, more business and more opportunity for the community around you and the community you want to focus on which ultimately is everyone's community because they're all interconnected i want to thank danilo batson the founder of spicy green book for coming back on the show if you like this show and you like what he's doing go back into the heritage radio network archives and find tech bites episode 220 
We have thousands and thousands of amazing pieces of content, podcast interviews with people um, talking about making things, helping things, showing things, growing things, fermenting things. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing library of stories and resources. Spicygreenbook.org, at Spicygreenbook on Instagram, Spicygreenbook in the Apple and Google stores. If you really like Tech Bytes, come back and listen again. Find us on your favorite streaming platform, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a great five-star review. It'll help more people discover it and bubble up in their feeds. If you really think it's important to tell stories like this and have a platform for other people to tell their stories, like Danilo, go to heritageradionetwork.org, click the beating heart, make a donation, or become a member. If you do that, we'll be able to make more radio and tell more stories like this one. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bytes. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.